Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to the Sportive Podcast. I am your host, Randball Stew, uh, joined tonight by John Marthaler. John, how's it going? Not too bad. How are you doing, Stu? You know, um, you had pitched uh, doing a podcast tonight earlier today, um, and uh, we were like, you know, think oh, maybe we can make, make one happen, and then about an hour later, your Minnesota Wild announced two call-ups. From um, I believe the practice squad is that correct or the taxi squad? Yeah the the guys who are the guys who are available to play should something go wrong. Yeah, your Kyle Rouse of the world, your Jerry Cooney's the the former <laughs> boxer or something I can't remember. Yep. Um, but what that meant was um, I believe Hartman was one of the guys. He was he's hurt, so he had to, yep. had to call. He but got they, hurt. Yeah, but they but called then they, a second. Then they announced two call ups, and everyone said, "Now what's going on here?" And um, it turned out uh, that uh, the originator of the Kirk Cousins Albatross contract, uh, <laughs> Zach Parise, is a healthy scratch this evening for doing the pulling a Terrence Newman on the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> I, I will, um, Vikings fans, I think um, you'll want to say 2016, 2017. Um, Terrence Newman and Xavier Rhodes decided they didn't need Mike Zimmer's help. They were going to cover Jordy Nelson, how they were going to cover him. Um, two touchdowns and 145 yards later, uh, they decided to do what the coach told them to do, and I think he only had two catches the rest of the game. Um, so um, this latest incident of going rogue, I'm going to turn this one over to John, since I didn't watch the game because I only have uh, over-the-air television and uh, there are no sports on any streaming platforms anywhere. Over to you, John. <laughs> well, I also didn't watch the game because oh, thanks, shoot. To the, thanks to the NHL alignment, this all was happening about 1130 at night. And <laughs> I have children in the job. And mm. I just – there's there with small children, there's just no way that I can justify staying up till 1130 and then being absolutely dead the next morning when everybody's out of bed. So – there was nothing I could do, but what happened was I. This has been replayed and replayed ad nauseum now. But what happened was it was the end of the game, and the Wild were up by one goal, and Parisi was on the ice. And instead of taking what appeared to be a pretty good opportunity to change lines and get somebody who was fresh out on the ice at the end of the game, he stayed on the ice rather than going to the bench while everybody else changed meaning he had no gas left in the tank, meaning that instead yeah, but of... He's a young guy, in, though, right? He's super young, and he's got a lot yeah. of 
fresh legs, right? Remember what I was saying about being having small kids and not being able to get up in the morning? Breeze is in the exact same situation. Oh, For all God. those of us who couldn't stay up late enough to watch it because of our kids, Pre- I, there's no reason Breezy should be up that late. He needs to get in bed and get his beauty <laughs> sleep because he's an old, old man. 36. I just looked it up. He's a 36-year-old man. That's old. Yes. You, you may not remember being 36, Stu. But I, I don't. I I have vague memories. I had fewer children when I was 36, so I have vague <laughs> memories of it. But I still remember being pretty bad. Yes. Um. Anyway, so he – he did not go to the bench for the line change, stayed out there. It cost the team a goal, which ended up costing the team at least one point um, because the NHL overtime rules are stupid and they still got a point even though they lost a game. Um, so <laughs> at the time, people were saying things like, I can't imagine this won't be addressed. And I, it was – the Wild in some ways are the St. Paul version of the Timberwolves Country Club. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are – there are guys that get punished for what they do wrong, and then there are guys that can screw up a million times, and they're never mm-hmm. going to get punished because they're mm-hmm. Zach Parisi. It's like when Kentucky like uh, has a recruiting violation, and the NCAA punishes Cleveland State. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that that's is what has always happened. So when it actually came out today that the Wild were calling up two guys, and the guy who was getting healthy scratched was Parisi. It was, it was, I, I can't even describe everybody's emotion. It was a little bit like you turn on the news and just, I, I can't even quite describe it. It was like the, the capital riot of wild news. Just <laughs> how is this happening? What is actually going on? Is this really happening? Like our, our good buddy Chicken Figure said, I'll believe it when I see Parisi sitting in the stands and holding up today's paper, which is actually about accurate. Um, but then I, I, I don't get the sense that Parisi is a malcontent or any, any or anything. But they did they did interview him after practice today, and he got a chance to answer for it. And his answer was even stranger than I expected. It wasn't just I made a mistake, or it wasn't the usual hockey cliches about well, I was just out there trying to help the team, help and the I made team a mistake. For the boys. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll. We'll get it back next game. I'm just going to – this is just an opportunity for me to work even harder and get back in there and blah, blah, blah. He actually – his excuse was that Marcus Foligno uh, had scored two goals and had a chance of getting a hat trick, and he wanted to stay on the ice to try to get Felino a hat trick, which is – So he's blaming, of, he's blaming the Italians? <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's just kind of a wild reason, and it's kind of – it's it's just a strange excuse to offer. Like, you made a mistake and it kind of t- cost your team a game. That's not exactly the first excuse I would go to. Like, I I had a brain fart is a much more believable excuse. And it, it was just – it's also a little bit strange. Again, this is, this is hockey where nobody has any personality or ever says anything bad about anybody. So to have one of the team's assistant captains – actually come out and offer something other than platitudes and say, no, I don't agree with benching me. I mean, that's what he said. He said, I don't agree with the decision. Mm-hmm. This was the reason I was doing it. And I suppose the subtext of that is the coaching staff can lump it. I don't think this is a good idea. I was just trying to help. Why would I be punished for my actions? Um, 
It was just, it's been a bewildering day, Stu. No, because I mean, I know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a Zooks guy, obviously, but I mean, I know, Fel- and Felino has played well, but he's not like Bernie Nichols or Charlie Simmer, you know, he's not a Marcel Dion, if you will. I just named off three members of the 81-82 Los Angeles Kings. Please, please, <laughs> please acknowledge. Please clap. <laughs> Marcel Dion. Just Marcel Dion is like you it, You look at the all-time goals list, and he's like sixth all-time in goals mm-hmm. scored. And it's like looking at it and finding out, I don't know, um, Disco Dan Ford is sixth all-time <laughs> on the home run list or something like that. Yeah. Just where did this come from? Because, I mean, well, I mean, before Gretzky, I mean, the Los Angeles Kings were just a bereft, like, I mean, nobody watched their games or went to their games. And he's just out there you know, like, putting up 125 points in a season and uh, for, like, <laughs> a decade. Playing playing in the NHL in the 70s and 80s was really a good gig. Like, Parisi just got his 300th NHL goal. And like mm-hmm. you mentioned, he's been in the league for 49 years. Yes. Patrick Kane has been around just about as long. He just got his 400th NHL goal. Meanwhile, guys who played in the 70s and 80s, it's like you were a third-line left wing on a team that made the playoffs half the time, mm-hmm. and you had 350 goals just because that's the way yes. it was. You just had to kick the puck toward the net, and the goalie mm-hmm. would just watch it go right through his skates because <sighs> – he didn't want to fall down to his knees in case somebody hit him in the face with a stick. Oh, the fire wagon. Oh, so fire wagon. <laughs> it's just, I don't, I know that all sports have changed over time, but I'm not sure any sport has changed as much as what hockey looks like in the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, you you look at the games from the 70s and the defensemen, half the defensemen look like they can't skate backwards. Like they're really <laughs> struggling. To skate backwards. I mean, there's a, odds on they were hung over. That's probably yeah. why. <laughs> I mean, there were, there were defense, you know, Al McGinnis just smoked a cigarette at all times while he was on the ice or off. <laughs> just had a cigarette in his mouth. And <laughs> there was, there was actually uh, a fun article on The Athletic the other day with Sean McKinnon and some other people where they drafted guys from the 70s and the 80s who would be amazing today. Basically, the subtext was these guys would be even better at hockey if they didn't train by drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> oh, so. God. But um, speaking of smoking cigarettes, uh, how are um, you looking forward to tonight's game as a Wild fan? I assume there's the stakes are fairly high, at least as, well, as, far, <laughs> as far from the like club cohesion there's that word again, cohesion, the standpoint. Yeah. It's like yeah, a big, I mean, it's a big task for them. Par- Parisi came out and said that the whole team had his back, which again was one of those thinly veiled Minnesotan shots at the coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the, that's okay. the, that's the meanest possible thing you're mm-hmm. ever going to get a Minnesota born hockey player to say. So mm-hmm. that's, it's pretty strong words. Yeah. Um, and we're sure it's the was the coach's decision or was it a uh, Bill Guerin's decision? Well, I honestly, I honestly don't know the answer to that. I, it's one of those things that if if it works, it'll be the coach's decision. If it doesn't work, maybe the okay. GM will step in and say, "Well, it actually it was me and a council of witches that I consulted." So mm-hmm. let's blame the blame the blame the cards that came up when I got my reading. Um. So it, it'll be interesting. If it works, then that's a big feather in Dean Evanson's cap. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's not like um, if I've uh, 
done my reading and my research as Mr. Puck correctly. Um, losing Parise is not exactly a mortal blow to their chances of winning this evening. Is that correct? Well, he's he's had a rough year. And we talked a little bit on the last hockey cast about how he seemed like he was getting going playing with Ryan Hartman as the center, of course. Mm-hmm. Then Hartman's hurt now, so... I don't know what that necessarily would have done to Parisi's game, but certainly he's had a he has not had the year he wanted to have. Let's put it that way. He's I think he's got three goals the whole season and he he he's even struggling to generate shots, whereas usually he's leading the team in shots and somehow shooting like one percent, whereas the rest of the team's shooting seven percent, something like that. But he he he's been struggling anyway. Um obviously Taking him out of the lineup, I think the bi- the biggest thing to look at is how the rest of the team plays. I mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I don't know within this locker room if this will be um, energizing or demoralizing. If you see what I mean, yeah. Does this does this sort of put everybody on notice that there's no free lunch this year? Probably. Does that have a good effect or does that have a bad effect on the team? I don't know. I honestly don't know this. Y- the the leadership has been sort of the same on the team for so long that if something Parisi or Ryan Suter having to take responsibility for something is just completely different than it usually is. So Koivu's gone. Um, Parisi is scratched. Suter obviously still in the lineup, but it's just it's a major sea change from how things were done in St. Paul. And I, I think it brings up a sort of a host of interesting other questions for the future as well. One, one of the things that is really ha- sort of hamstringing the wild a little bit is that both Parisi and Suter, but I guess particularly Parisi <laughs> just because of where he's at in the stat chart and what's happening tonight, they're, they're, they're sort of hamstrung by not only the length and the number of dollars with the contracts that they have, but also that they have full no-move clauses, so it's not like the Wild can even get out of those contracts if they want. And particularly that with the expansion draft coming up this summer, they're going to be a little bit in a bind where they have at least Parisi right now looks like the kind of guy that they had would have no interest in protecting whatsoever, except they have to because of the no-move no contracts. So... The the odd thing to me is that they could absolutely put him out there in the expansion list, and I don't see think there's any way Seattle would grab him. I don't know why you would want a 36-year-old wing with four years still left on his contract, but... Oh, Jesus. He's still got four years. Jesus, God. There's, so the next presidential election will happen, and he will still be on the wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he may... He may be old enough to be seriously considered on one of the party tickets at this point, since oh. only 70-year-old people can run for this, president. These, these apparently, days. yes. Oh, my um, God. I was going to ask about how much was left on the contract. Thank you for that. Yeah. Jesus, that's a, astonishing. It's just – it's forever and a day. And the Wild actually came somewhat close to trading him last year. There was at least a – framework of a deal in place with the Islanders that they went to Parisi and said, hey, would you waive your no-move clause to go to the Islanders? And <laughs> I'll bet you right now he kind of wishes he had because there's there's certainly certainly no love lost between two sides right now. But yeah, yeah Man. I I wonder I I don't know what the I don't know what the outcome of this will be, but it seems a little bit at least like 
throwing up a red flag for the rest of the league to see that to say, hey, if you wanted this guy, you could think about trading for him. And I'm not I don't think anybody should be under any delusions that the wild will get something back for him. If you see what I mean, I think everybody knows where he's at and with the contract, what what that means, like the deal with the Islanders last year involved the wild taking back basically an equally bad contract but for yeah. a different player. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it'll necessarily improve the wild just to get rid of him. Uh yeah. which is why I don't know <laughs> getting excited about the wild dealing him really doesn't mean anything because the wild will have to eat some of his salary, I'm sure. I imagine. Yeah. There's no way I mean just yeah, you're gonna have to eat some of that salary. To move that contract you're gonna have to eat shit, basically. Yeah. So Getting excited about a trade is sort of one thing, but <laughs> the other thing, and I, I feel like this gets talked about a lot, but maybe something we should mention here. The other thing that you can watch for in the next uh, five years as these contracts come up is that after these contracts we, were signed, the NHL was so mad about them that they retroactively passed a rule in the CBA that added these huge salary cap penalties if these guys retire early. And the penalties are such that if Suter and Parisi both retired a year early, whether they're with the Wild or not at that point, there would be some cap penalty of like – if both of them retire, the cap penalty for both of them would be something like $40 million, which <laughs> in a league in a league that has – I think the cap this year is $86 million or something like that, basically would prevent the Wild from fielding a team that year. Which is wow. one of those things that you, you is so has such a high potential of happening and would be so <laughs> terrible that you almost have to assume It'll the league happen. is giving somebody an assurance like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know this is the rule and this is what's supposed to happen, but maybe we'll let you out of some of this or let you spread this over a couple of years or something because it would be a real shame if the the wild did manage to uh, trade Suter and Parisi or something like that and then both of them retired early is just one final screw you to the franchise that therefore resulted in the wild having to trade Caprice off and Spurgeon and Brodeen or something just to get under the cap my goodness that's just it's, it's a mess it it's is. a mess but it's as with everything with the wild it's it's a mess but it's something different, and at this point, something different is almost yes. good. Yeah, it, it should be pointed. I'm, I'm, if you're listening to this, you already know this, way that they are by far the most interesting, fun team in town right now. Right. <laughs> Granted, the, the bar to clear is so low. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really depends on how you feel about the Gopher volleyball team, but that's the only thing. That is true. Oh, my goodness. Um, is that enough puck talk? Do you have anything else you need to get off your chest about puck talk? Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I knew that. Um, who do, who do, um, are they have a Vegas again tonight? Yep, Vegas again. <laughs> okay. The the NHL is structured this year that yeah. you just play the same team for like four weeks in a row now. Okay. I just, don't. It's it's been weird, and we mentioned this before, but they've played basically nothing but the California teams in Colorado so far. Now they're finally playing Vegas. They're finally playing Arizona. They're finally they haven't played St. Louis yet. St. Louis is in their division, so 
they're just going to sort of go back and forth between these for a while. But mostly what I want is for them to play in the central time zone again. That's really all I want out of this wild season. Now. <laughs> um, I got to see, I'm going to my uh, cell phone again, uh, my ringer. I have a, a friend out in North Carolina named Rocket. And he, let me see if he had any uh, hot takes here. Uh, da, 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 da. Right now I'm hoping you play Rocket into the phone. I wish I could. Yeah. Um, oh, his, um, here's his hockey take. Um, I have come full circle on the Wilds reverse retro jerseys. They are bright and vibrant, which is what a jersey should be, and they are the closest we are ever going to get to the North Stars. I love them. There. I said it. Huh. Um, John, I, have you changed your mind on the retro jerseys yet? No, I really haven't, but I will say this. If Bill Guerin or Dean Evanson or whoever can scratch Zach Parisi, I now believe again that they can come out on the ice re- wearing the, quote, <laughs> reverse retros one day, mm-hmm. but it happens to be the North Stars logo. Oh, somebody screwed up. I guess we got the North Stars logo. And Oops. then it never leaves. Yep. just never Anything did. is possible yeah. now. Anything can happen. If <laughs> if this can happen, then anything can happen. It's like I was saying about the – the if it, it's a mess, but it's different. It's like the Wild having no centers this year. They got rid of Eric Stahl, traded him for a winger who can't play center. They got rid of Miko Koivu, just laughed. They're out of centers all of a sudden, but at least it's different, man. At least Victor <laughs> Rask is getting main big-time minutes. You know, I can't believe it's happening, but at least it's something different. At least it's something different this year. Um, his other hockey point was um, actually made for me. Um, considering the tra- trajectory of the two teams and the result of yesterday's game, are you, Mr. Puck, finally ready to concede that it is not Tennessee, but rather North Carolina, that is the true state of hockey. And um, to uh, Rocket, I just have to say the uh, again the facts on the ground are changing. I I I admit that I observe objective reality, but I'm still not quite there yet. As the uh, leading proponent of Tennessee hockey, I got to say that Carolina lost like twelve games in a row to Tampa Bay, so maybe Florida is the real state of hockey. Oh, that, that's that's scans. The NHL's luck, yeah. Florida will be the uh, frontier of hockey until it's underwater in a decade. <laughs> a uh, decade? Wow, that would be good. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Yeah, um, that's optimism right there, folks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, And now that we've had our optimism, let's switch 
to basketball. John, <laughs> what what uh, what coach do you want to mock first? Uh, let's, oh, let, let's um, start with the one who might not be here by the end of the podcast. Richard <laughs> Patino, Gophers coach. Um, reports emerged over the weekend. Uh, there's been no confirmed, like, no uh, news site has put their the, their names on it. But I believe Henry Lake from CCO, and I want to say Doogie, also put it out there that he is uh, not going to be back next year. And if you're well, wondering why, they still haven't won a home game yet this year. and uh, A road he, game. They haven't won a road, road game. game. They have not won a road game all year. And I know it's a weird year, but he is on year seven or eight and has one halfway good year to show for it. So, well, and they're losing, they're losing you, guys from Stewartville at this point. They can't keep Stewartville guys in state. Um, the one thing Minnesota coaches have always been able to do is been able to keep like the six, nine farm kids from Wilmer <laughs> in state. They may not be any good, but they can keep the six nine farm kids, and now they're losing right. Stewartville six nine farm kids. So, John, what would you like to say about Richard Patino? I I do think it's funny. You know, there were reports that Patino had told his team that they, he's probably not going to be around, and I he can see the writing on the wall just the same as anybody that mm-hmm. this is probably the end of the road for him, especially the way they've. They took sort of an, uh, that odd dichotomy where they beat a bunch of ranked teams at home and then couldn't win a road game. And then they went to just not being able to win a game at all. And they had sort of the softest schedule down the stretch here of anybody. They had Northwestern at home. Northwestern came in having lost had a, having lost 13 consecutive Big Ten games. The Gophers lost that one. Nebraska is terrible. The Gophers lost to Nebraska. Tonight, theoretically, after pumping up his team with – the, all right, guys, I'm not going to be here, but we have one last chance together to do something great. Let's go out there and show them what we can do. Uh, they played at a terrible Penn State team and lost by 19 points. So, oh, yeah, Oof. it's it's the end. It, it feels like the end, and it feels like it feels like the kind of thing that Mark Coyle doesn't even have to fire anybody, which will work out great for Mark Coyle because he hasn't been seen in public for three years, but... <laughs> Hence the um, hence the Dinky Town Ghost name, right? But it it does feel like they don't even have to have a meeting. They're just going to show up at the Beerman Complex, and or I guess they have the new basketball complex. They're going to show up at the basketball complex, and everybody's just going to be gone. Office is cleaned out. They know. They know what's happening. Let's get somebody else in there. I do. <laughs> so the other strange thing about this is that there's been a lot of talk about who they'll get next and whether it'll be Brian Dutcher, the guy from San Diego state who son, is son, son of Jim, of, son of Jim Dutcher, who apparently really wants to be here. Um, or I've, I've forgotten now who the other guy was that a lot of people had talked about. Maybe you remember still. I don't. There's, there's a, oh, uh, Eric Colorado Musselman. State. Eric, that's Eric right. Musselman. <laughs> it's all nothing but old yeah. home country club guys. This is, Awesome. Which at this at this point, why would you get anybody else? Like I can't imagine Ryan Saunders wouldn't be in the mix for that too, just because he's the son of a former gopher person. Mm-hmm. So um I've... the interesting thing about that to me is that there's a lot of talk about um the buyouts for that. Like apparently to fire Patino will be a million one point seven five million dollar buyout, I think, before some date. Mm-hmm. And to get 
Brian Dutcher from San Diego State. I think I have that right, that he's at San Diego State. The second yes. time I said it, so I hope I have that right. Yes, or, you're right. I suppose Musselman from Arkansas or wherever he is will also cost a fair amount of money as well. And it's <laughs> – I, I just can't imagine being the guy who – is paying these buyouts while at the same time explaining to men's indoor track and men's gymnastics and I think both tennis teams was it that they cut anyway they cut a bunch they're cutting a bunch of sports after this year and yes that would just be the ultimate the one of those ultimate moves like well I know that this amount of money would have uh, provided your operating budget for the next two years but at the same time. This guy's kind of, we're just kind of done with him. And I know, I mean, I know that that's the way that major college sports work, and mm-hmm. I'm not naive or stupid. I just, mm-hmm. the, the juxtaposition of those two things is yeah, just another heavy mm-hmm. sigh. Oh, yeah, the, the booster who would have kept, like, the track team going doesn't show up. But the, there's a ton of boosters volunteering to pay that Patino buyout to yeah. get, get the fresh new hire in here. So the, the men's track indoor boosters, unfortunately, are like, we should save this program. Let's have a bake sale. I have a, and it's a legitimately just, a, one of the most respected programs. Oh, in, absolutely. Like, the universe. And it's just that the money ain't there, and it sucks. Um, What was I going to say? Uh. Oh, back to my previous point about not keeping uh, the in-state farm boys. Um, I, I just imagine Trevor Winter on the uh, championship UNLV teams, and I'm laughing to myself right now. <laughs> Sorry, I just I can't stop laughing about it. Just him and Stacey Ogman <laughs> running a two-on-one. <laughs> oh, you remember? God. You remember that one? The one time the Lakers won the championship, and then Mark Madsen was dancing on the stage. Yes. It would have been that, but in basketball form every night. Oh, God. I just, that that would, oh, sorry. I just, I had a mental image in my head. I wanted to share it with you and our listeners because it was a beautiful image, and I stand yep. by that. No, that's that's a peek into the mind of Stu, yes, and we appreciate exactly. it. <laughs> just Paul Vanden and Andy playing for Nolan Richardson's Arkansas teams. Just some, just beautiful, beautiful images. That's all they are. Um, Okay, Gophers suck. Patino's gone. Probably going to get one of the ex-coaches' kids in here. So that's the Gophers. Um, how are the new-look Timberwolves under Chris Finch doing, John? Stu, what is I? I don't. You lead off this time. What do you I, think of the new-look Timberwolves? Um, let's see. They've got the new coach, and they immediately lost like one of their best players because uh, he like pulled a gun on a family, which is bad. Don't do that. Um, and they are currently getting boat raced almost more than they were prior to, uh, Ryan Saunders. Oh, uh, absolutely more than they were. I think there was 142 to 119 final at some, somewhere around there. Um, and it's just not been, not been close. I know they're playing this evening. I don't know what the score is. I assume it's bad. I can tell you they're trailing by seven against Charlotte, who I assume is bad, but I'm not actually sure of that. Is yeah, Charlotte I, bad, Stu? I think Charlotte sure. is bad. Uh, let's say they are. I think. Yeah, Michael Jordan's still in charge, right? They're probably bad. Yeah, they're not. I don't, they're in the Eastern Conference, so they have a oh, losing sorry. record. They have a losing record, but they're in the playoff places. Oh, yeah. They're like, you know, 10 and 25, but they have the number seven seed locked up. So, okay, yeah. that's great. great. So. 
right now, just as a, a memorial for our good friend Michael Rand, we should point out the Wolves should be in the Eastern Conference, and then this would all yes. go away. Yes. There wouldn't be any problems. But with <laughs> it, it is starting to look like one of those mid-season hirings we'll always remember as just another example of what the Wolves are doing. And I, I recognize that this is not exactly the easiest job to walk into, but you do have to say that before Saunders left, they lost every game, but they mm. lost every game by six. Now they lose every game by 30. Yeah, it's, and it's it, bad. <laughs> it is really bad. It, you, do, you do have to wonder a little bit, like, well, you, you have a chance to hire a guy who's never been an NBA head coach and, in fact, hasn't been a head coach since he was coaching a G League team in the middle of the season. You got to take that chance? I don't know. It doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. It certainly has killed the Wolves' chances of winning the last couple of games because not only – in addition to struggling, they also are confused now. Which yeah, they're learning not, a new system. and Not they, a great combination. No, learning new things on the fly for a team that was already young and bad pro- seems suboptimal to me, John. It just seems like a, you're not setting yourself up to succeed is, uh, is my take on the whole thing. Somebody pointed out, I don't know who this was on the internet, so I'm sorry for not being able to cite them, but somebody pointed out that there are three Sam Hinkie disciples that are working as NBA GMs today, mm-hmm. and they have a combined record of 0-30 in the last 30 games. Those oh, Jesus. Play. It's like it's... Houston and Sacramento wow. and the Timberwolves, and they all have lost all of their games for a month and a half. Sorry, Brandon. What, I don't know what the met- – he, he could tell us the metrics and why that's good, I suppose, but he's not here tonight. The, I mean, the process doesn't even make sense for the Timberwolves. They've been executing this process for 20 years, and look where it's got right. them. And it's... they can lose all the games they want, but they still – are more likely than not to lose their first-round pick this year. So there's literally no point to trying to lose, and yet here they are. Yeah, and it's, isn't the draft, like, top, it's, like, loaded this year. It's, like, the top, like, five or six picks, whoever it is, you're getting a really good player. Yeah, that's what people seem to think. Yeah, Including so, Jalen Suggs is in there. Yeah. Minnesota guy, Jalen Suggs. Mm-hmm. Yet so, another Minnesota recruit who did they, not play basketball. Who did not play basketball. University here. of Minnesota. Not that... Uh, I mean, it's one thing to get mad about this, but I, I don't. I, did the Gophers ever really have a chance to get Jalen Suggs? No, no. The, between him and the young brothers, I just don't think that was ever, like, ever going to happen. Tyus Jones going to going to Duke. Is there anyone in the mm. state other than mm. perhaps rest in peace Sid Hartman who would say, you know, you have a choice between Duke and Minnesota? You really got to take the chance to go to Minnesota instead of you, because that'll get you where you want to go in life. <sighs> yep, just one long, ceaseless sigh. <laughs> That's the Minnesota basketball experience. Oi. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There, and there's nothing on the horizon for the Wolves that I can think of that is. I mean, it's just it's just bleak. It's there's nothing it is. there. <laughs> It's it it's both currently hopeless and without future hope. Yeah, that lack of a potential lack of a first round pick next year is just man, that's bleak. Um, so we'll go to a different sport, I suppose. I don't know. They um, should really they should really think about hiring Bill Guerin. He'll go. He'll get in there and shake things up. <laughs> Why is a, a cat sitting tonight? Um, 
Let's see. Okay. John. Twins. Pitching. Do they have enough pitching, Stu? Okay, here's something. Do they have enough? Um, our uh, blog father, uh, Michael Rand, had uh, Thad Levine on the Daily Delivery today. And Levine, with his full throat, and put his back into it, said, Mike, we have enough pitching. Like, one of those, like, more direct... It actually surprised me that he, like, was that direct and upfront, saying that they were comfortable with the pitching they had. They weren't, like, he he didn't qualify it. He didn't, like, say, well, you know, we're always looking to improve. He said, Mike, we have enough pitching. So, do you agree with Ad Levine, John? Well, I... Because I don't think Mike did. Mike didn't. Mike still is, like, very skeptical of uh, the Twins in September and October, as he is a man... Uh, who is conscious he's a, <laughs> for the last he's a 18 Twins playoff games. <laughs> he's a man that remembers more than just yesterday. Yes. So, yeah, I also share Mike's skepticism and would like it if they had another pitcher or two. If not uh, now, if not now, then in the middle of the season, once it becomes clear the rest of the AL Central is dog shit. <laughs> I, saw, I saw some playoff odds today. As it turns out, if you – Bet on the odds you can get on Kansas City making the playoffs this year is twenty to one. <laughs> wow! Which you would think that no baseball team ever would ever have odds beyond like ten to one to make the playoffs because weird stuff happens. It's baseball, yeah, but exactly twenty to one is like yeah, you might as well set your money on fire. Um, the the thing that worries me a little bit the back end of their bullpen looks okay. They've got Rogers and Colomay and mm-hmm. I guess Hans. Hansel Robles as well, but mm-hmm. th- there seems like there's a lot of potential in the rest of the bullpen, if you see what I mean. There is mm-hmm. our, our good friend Aaron Gleeman had an article mm-hmm. on The Athletic today where they went through all these guys basically saying, well, this guy could be the next Matt Whistler, who mm-hmm. last year was a guy who came in without much of a reputation, and they basically told him to throw more sliders, then he turned into a pretty good reliever. And then Weirdly, rather than keeping Whistler, they just said, yeah, we'll go out and we'll get a few more guys out of the bargain mm-hmm. bin. And one of them will know how to throw a slider and we'll just tell him to throw 70 sli- 70% sliders and this will all work out fine. It seems it's one of those things that when when you sort of look at it, it's like, is it maybe easier than we're making this out to be? It's like when when they put Mitch Garver behind the plate. And they said, we're going to really improve this guy's defense and pitch framing. And I thought, oh, what are they going to do? I, do they have to send him to some crazy island camp where Tim Lautner <laughs> hits him over the head with a crowbar whenever he screws up or something? And then they got him on the field, and it's basically like, oh, if the pitch is close, he just pulls his mitt back into the zone and tries to fool the ump. That's, that's how you improve pitch framing. Okay. Um, just a quick break here. Um, you've already improved my imaginary thing by – uh, creating Laudner Island. <laughs> I, first of all, this is the show title. Um, second of all, I'm laughing about it right now. So, um, but yeah, I, and I mean, the twins have always been able to like seem to, even before this current regime is was in place, could build a bullpen out of spare parts and right. stuff they found in their drawer. Um, not, ne- not necessarily, but- yeah, not necessarily the closer itself, but like the guys. You know, the right. just sixth, seventh, eighth inning guys from, you know, no like rubber arm thirty three year old lefties, they just always could find a guy who could do the job. Yeah. Nothing but Tony Fiore's every year. Exactly. And so it's you know, there's probably a 
two or three Matt Whistlers in that group of eight that uh, yeah. Gleeman wrote about. So um, well, they have uh, one guy, um, Ian Joubert, perhaps. Is that... He definitely had a Frenchish or French yeah. adjacent last name. His dad was a championship cricket player. I was wondering well, if you knew who that was. I, I looked into this a little bit because, of course, my interest was Ooh, cricket when I saw that his dad played cricket. What it said was his dad was a pro cricketer. That's not exactly accurate. His dad played a couple of first-class cricket games in the 1980s for Oxford University, which when they play against any of the other county cricket teams in England, counts as a first-class match. But he played twice and made seven runs in two innings, which is pretty bad, and never played again. So it's not like he was a 30-year veteran on the English county cricket circuit. He played a couple of matches for his college team, and that was it. Uh That's why you never see fact-checkers on Twitter telling you they're joining the Athletic. (laughs) Sorry, Aaron. I'm sorry, Aaron. Sorry, John Krasinski. Sorry, Risa. You know, it's I. I gotta believe that I'm the only person that looked this up today <laughs> or cared. But unfortunately, for all of you listeners, I have a podcast. So now you're gonna, here we all are, you're going to go on a 95 are. second journey about cricket. <laughs> our, our good buddy Matt Wells is just thrilled right now, and no one oh, yeah. else. Even oh. Wade is fast forwarding right now. It's like, oh God. He just wants to get back to, like, he knows that Bad Company is going to be on KQ and he wants to. <laughs> yes, very and much he, so. And he's missing that. Um, anyway, I obviously I'd like more certainty just because mm-hmm. I've been burned before, Stu. I've been oh, burned yeah. before by oh, the yeah. pitching. And it is a little bit, as the Twins start this year, it's a little bit strange just because. You, you remember when we were younger and video games, you couldn't save while you were playing them. And Correct. so if you wanted to beat the Mario Brothers, you had to start over from the start every time. Or if you wanted to beat Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, well, I guess that one's a little bit different because there were codes you could enter or whatever. So let's just stick with Mario Brothers. You had to play through the whole thing every stupid time if you wanted to get to the end and try to beat the end of that game. And for the Twins, it feels like they're in kind of the same boat. Because the only thing that matters is whether they can actually win a playoff game this year. I'm not even sure that the bar is at a playoff series at this point. It's yeah, just, you're, you're correct. <laughs> they need to win a game in the playoffs. But none of those games will happen until October. And so the whole the whole season is Everything. just a it's minor fi- qualification. Like, well got to go through this whole rigmarole again, and hopefully they'll be in the playoffs so they can try to climb this stupid mountain again that they keep falling off and dying in a crevasse every year. It's five months of drum checks and guitar tuning, and then you're just hoping the concert goes off. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's... Sibilant. That's good. And, yeah, and it's... Sibilant. I mean, and that, that, that that's... Thank you for bringing that up, because that's been my whole... People are asking me, ask, like, the Twins guy in my social circle... Um, how are they going to do this year? How do you think they're going to... And it's like, I, they're going to be in the playoffs. I can't tell you how they're going to go. I mean, literally, because I mean, I'm, I'm super enthused just on a personal level to be able to watch baseball, perhaps even in person this summer. But the important games, they're a half year away, John. <laughs> yeah. It's so long from now. It is. And there's so much that can go wrong in between then and now, or now and then, 
and that which is of course yeah nothing really good can happen even if they go even if they throw 9500 and wins on the pile nothing that's it it's meaningless that's that's the position they've that's the corner they painted themselves into is right. that they and I know that they're aware of it I guarantee everyone there even as they say well you know last year's last year it's different players that they all know they all know it's hanging over them it's it's right there so yeah go twins it's um, gonna, I mean it's gonna be kind of a long year for that reason it I'm is. Not, I don't feel that excited about it I think they're gonna be good and that'll be fun but I think it also probably it, it ruins it a little bit that last season was only 60 games long because that was just like a amazing sprint from the start where oh, mm-hmm. it's already the playoff race. But now, mm-hmm. not only is it 162 games, mm-hmm. the game that anybody actually cares about isn't until a game at least 163 at least. So yeah. the only the only way down the only way from here is down now. Like if they're terrible and don't make the playoffs, then it's even worse. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's a no win situation for yeah. half a damn year. But even if even if they win 123 games and doesn't matter, it doesn't matter at all. They still have to win a playoff game. God, I can I think I just made myself depressed about the Twins, and I'm super excited for it. I know. I really want. I'm enthused for that. Yeah. So that's good. Good job, Steve. You really made a difference for yourself and your mental health. Um. Oh, speaking of differences um, for yourself and your mental health, um, long-time listeners of the show know that my father, Howard Newman, is someone I often reference on mm-hmm. the program and on social media, and I would like to let everyone know that he is getting his vaccination tomorrow. Yes. Yes. First um, one or second one? First one. First one. Oh, He's been dealing – he was trying to get it through the VA, and the VA right. is still just – it's always – things always been a mess, but – you know, um, and then today he got a call from both the VA and the county hospital that they of had course. a shot ready for of him. Of course. So he's taking the county one because that's only a 15 minute drive, whereas the VA is in St. Cloud. And who goes to St. Cloud? Come on, man. Hey, why would you do that? Oh, why would you ever do that? Why would you live there for 30 odd years? Um, it's weird. I don't know why you do it. Um, so anyway, that was my cool um, personal mm-hmm. And my daughter's yeah, my... Uh, my daughter's got the day after soreness from her first shot today so but she's like fine so i i mean at some point all of us are going to get vaccinated it sounds like it might be sooner than the original plan which will be great but Mm -hmm. obviously there's no dates whatever so i feel like everybody in our sort of in sort of this middle ground here Stu, has really been it's it's just been nothing but trading trading tips and trading mm-hmm. theories on mm-hmm. how we could possibly get our parents the vaccine for like yep. the last month and a half. <laughs> I mean, for me, mm-hmm. it, they had that first lottery and my mom was in the first round of winners of the state lottery. So she's actually yep. almost, she's coming up on clearing her two weeks after the second shot or whatever. And then she can go out and, you know, drink beer at the bar or whatever mom's like to do. But <laughs> Um, but then my dad didn't win the lottery for weeks and weeks. And so it it really was like, you talk to people, you know, who are nurses, what can he do? Can he just show up at a clinic and maybe they'll give him a vaccination if somebody doesn't show up or talking to people, uh, this person knows that this is when 
Thrifty White drops all their things. Like, oh. he was thinking about driving to Warroad, which is 49 hours away from here. Jesus God. And then then somehow Hy-Vee got into the game, and right as they got into the game, somehow my wife's cousin sent her a message and said, hey, Hy-Vee has a ton of openings. Go sign up right now. So my wife signed my dad up for a vaccine, and he got his first shot last week. So Sweet. It's all it's it's just all crazy and i can't imagine mm-hmm. the other thing is when when it's like our turn i can't imagine it's going to be any less crazy at that point no it's going to be like 24 hours you know don't it's even pack be, a bag just go it's just like ticketmaster man it's, yep. everybody's waiting for concert tickets but all the time in 11 different spots yeah so but yeah if every, yeah i mean it sounds like you know by the end of may in theory the people who want it in our age cohort are going to get it. So that's great. That's better than I thought. So I'm yeah. at, in that, in, I mean, I know that there will still need to be precautions taken, but that general timeline means kids get to have summer this year. And that's right. just, that's fucking awesome, man. That's like, gets you damn near choked up thinking about it. So I'm oh. just, I'm, that's just great. So I am hoping I'm, I'm maintaining optimism for that. Um, and gosh, I think I might have uh, reached the limit of interesting things to talk about with you, John. Do you have anything you'd like to share, discuss, well, and or last, put out last time we Last time we did this, we ended up talking about motorsports for 10 minutes. So sure did. I think we can uh, probably spare the listeners that. Do you have any, do you have any music takes for us this week? Um, That's what see. I was looking for last time. I, I, I don't know where... I thought I saw the other day on Twitter that you found a new favorite band or something like that. Do I have that I, right? You did. They're an English band called Dry Cleaning. I'm they sorry. Are, I thought you said they're called Dry Cleaning. They are called Dry Cleaning, John. Um, it's basically a bunch of uh, post-punk like guitar bass, your New Order, your, your Cure, your that type of uh, uh, band, only with an English woman talk singing over the... <laughs> over the proceedings and it shouldn't work, but it absolutely does. Um, I'm absolutely enthralled by them. Um, sorry. The <laughs> Mandy and Piper are both dealing with the insane dog right now. Are they yelling at the Timberwolves? That's what it sounds like to me. I'm they just are not yelling at the Timberwolves. to believe they're yelling at the Timberwolves shots remember, right now. Remember, which, remember I stream right entertainment. I stream entertainment, John. There's no basketball anywhere near me. Um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, they're an English band called Dry Cleaning. Their uh, debut album comes out in April. There's a bevy of singles and EPs out there. If you use the uh, Spotify device, you can find them there. They're fantastic. If that's again, you really sort of have to like, you know, '80s post punk and the an English woman talking. That's kind of where you. If those things don't sound appealing to you, then that may not be your thing. But it is definitely mine. And um, I also had one more um, note from Rocket. Um, John, he's got a, a question for you. Um, okay. Please rank the following from most to least likely place to get stabbed in the back. <laughs> one. Yeah, you see where it's going. Uh, one, a back alley behind a bar in the bad part of town. Okay. Two, prison. Or three, the offensive coordinator's office in Egan, Minnesota. <laughs> uh, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll know if Chicken got to the end of the episode. <laughs> That's her we, way of do going. We men- do we want to mention that Rick Spielman came out today and said that Kirk Cousins is the quarterback now and forever? 
No. Oh, I would no. Why would you? Uh, are you lying? Are you lying? No, I. He was quoted as saying Kirk's our quarterback, which means nothing. I don't no. think. A general manager saying anything with any sort of certitude is usually the opposite of what that yeah. means. If anything, that means that Kirk Cousins is traded right now. But. Yeah, which is cool, but you think we would have heard about it by now. Right. So one of my one of my friends out of nowhere texted me today. Uh my friend Ted said Kirk Cousins is like tying yourself to a buoy in the harbor. You're not gonna sink, but you're not gonna go much of any place either. <laughs> And you'll eventually be eaten by seagulls. Yes. <laughs> seagulls will peck you to death. Yes. And you will welcome the sweet you'll... release. Yes. Oh, That's the Kirk Cousins experience, everybody. That re- it really is. All right. Well, I think we can call it a we can call it good, John. Yeah, I don't we it, it's even hard to get some dad life stuff in here. Right right before we were recording the podcast, I <laughs> I I mentioned something dad life related and <laughs> Stu basically said do not remind me of those times. Your children yeah. are young and terrible people. Please <laughs> allow me to forget. My kids are fun now. I enjoy oh, yeah. my kids' company. This is Stu yeah. saying this. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, my kids. Yeah, my kids are great. But yeah, it's I. I don't the uh, the horror show of trying to get them to bed and. <laughs> nope. Don't. I don't miss it. I don't miss it. Right. All righty. So, well, we're gonna call. Well, we're gonna call it good here. I think. Well, um, thank you to everybody for downloading and please rate and subscribe on whatever a service you listen to us to. Um, We've never asked for ratings before. Maybe we should have done that a long time ago. In theory, we should have, but you know, as a, you know, as a business thought leader, I like do we, to, do we have ratings? Have people rated our podcast before? Boy, do you think I want to know that and what they have uh, to say about it? I mean, hopefully it's just about audio quality. I don't actually want any, nothing, what, Nothing they say about it can actually be worse than the things that we say about it. So, oh yeah, they can't hurt us as much as we hurt ourselves. Right? So, We're from Minnesota. Um, what are you going to do with it? Exactly. What are you going to say that we don't already say about ourselves? Just try and cyberbully us. Come on, do your best. It ain't going to work. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'm going right. to call it. Good, um, Rate good talking to you, John. Rate, subscribe, and um, hug your kids and high five your aunts and uncles when it's safe to do so. Good night. <laughs> when they get their vaccinations. Go Howie. Correct. Go Howie. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.